as it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens. Local, regional, and global. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. Good evening, this is the Prime Evening News for today, Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. I am your presenter, Jade George. In the headlines, opposition leader Lennox Linton says in order to experience a more prosperous and desirable society, we need to reject misleadership, bad governance and business as usual. Parents in Manchester, Central Jamaica, are facing high school fees and increased cost of textbooks and caution schools not to drop their guard against COVID-19 when students return to school next week. And UK's biggest warship, HMS Prince of Wales, moved to a better location for inspection after a 3 billion carrier experienced an emerging mechanical issue off the south coast. The news is brought to you, Compliments Digital, the details coming up next. For money, we hear you, Dominica. For as low as five dollars, you can now activate a one-day Digicel Prime bundle and get unlimited Digi2Digi calls, 25 anywhere minutes, 1.5 gigs data to use as you like, endless social messaging on WhatsApp, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, plus seven gigs data to use Digicel apps. Activate a Digicel Prime bundle today in my Digicel app or dial star one four zero under Punky. Digicel, better together. Under the subject of building our resilience, the Dominica Council on Aging, DCOA, the island nation's official umbrella organization for the age, successfully declared September 1st to October 1st, 2022 as Month of the Elderly. The council has put together a calendar of events to honor and show respect for the many old the people in society who have made major contributions to the advancement of society as part of the celebration of this month. Speaking at the council office's media lunch this afternoon, President Mrs. Ophelia Olivache-Marie provided background information on the annual celebration and highlighted some of the events that will be held and announced with some excitement, the new insurance scheme for members of the council and prospective members. Senior video competition, we're launching it on the 1st of September and it's supposed to take one month. On the 2nd of September, we have what we call a socks day. Well, there's a cake sale September 3rd, I like cake, I don't know about you. September 15, we're going on a big radio program called In the Spotlight and we'll be talking about building our resilience and other factors that have to do with the Council on Aging, our work, our attempt at doing all of the good things that we should do. And we will, of course, be soliciting the people out there in radio land or in press land or media land, let's say, to be part of it with us. September 10, the Dominica Council on Aging celebrates Caribbean Wellness Day. 10 there's going to be something special in Dominica. I do not yet have the de- Grandparents' Day, as I hinted at earlier, is on September 11, which is the second Sunday of the month of the elderly of September. On the 16th of September, we want to honor our seniors. 
On the 19th, we hope to launch our Dominica Council on Aging Insurance Scheme. That was President of the Dominican Council of Aging, Ophelia Marie, Ophelia Olivache Marie. In order to experience a more prosperous and desirable society, we need to get away from misleadership. This from Leader of the Opposition, Lennox Linton, speaking on Q95's Talk on the Block show this morning, where he highlighted some of the current issues facing the country and that some Dominicans continue to accept as business as usual. He says the issue of ethics, morality, and social progress at the expense of an entire generation calls into play the discussion on governance. Because the, when the resources of the state is spent, nobody, nobody should have to go and line up or ask anybody or look for some favor for anybody for them to get what the state is providing for its children. It's the state's money. It's not Labour Party's money. And when we get to that level of civility in terms of handling the affairs of government, handling the affairs of the nation, when we get to that level of civility where we protect people's dignity and their sense of worth, we will be making serious progress in Dominica. And that's one of the things I want to see. Anywhere else in the world, the people's money is the people's money. And uh, unfortunately, we have to find a way of dealing with it in Dominica. Because it's not right. And we, we, cannot, we cannot build an equitable, ideal, thriving, prosperous society or country with, with that kind of misleadership, that, that kind of constantly misinforming and, and uh, confusing and uh, abusing people, quite frankly. You know, compromising their dignity and all of that, their sense of worth. With, with all kinds of trickery and deception, you, you cannot do that and expect that we will have at the end of the day the kind of country that we're seeking to build. Leader of the opposition, Lennox Linton. We are a tribe of the Negmawo, and it is up to us as a people to determine electoral reform before the next general election. Former Dominica Civil Service Association General Secretary Alvin Thomas, speaking as a guest on Sunday's Civic Vibes program, made clear his orientation on the necessary actions we need to take, as well as the necessary mindset we need to have in order to see electoral reform become a reality. His statements are framed in the recommendations and observations made by the CCJ and the OECS on our electoral process. It is not just the CCG that says, let's fix that situation once and for all. The report by CARICOM, the OAS, and the Commonwealth made that very same point. Mm -hmm. Nothing different in, in a sense to what the CCG have said. They have said that this is a matter that needs to be fixed. The stone that is in the way, go wash la, kila. Say no kini putiway. Say no kini putiway wash la. Wash la pakasoti kotekoi. It is at a stage now where it's no longer asking for reform. We have to demand reform. Whatever it takes to make that demand and ensure that demand is adhered to, we have to demand it. Whatever it takes, we have to do it. Sure. And in the process, a number of things can happen, but we have to demand it. That was former Dominica Civil Service Association General Secretary Alvin Thomas. 
According to Dr. Dave Lloyd of the White Kubuli Advocate for Viable Environment, WAVE, if Dominicans continue to lose and destroy the natural resources of, that God has given them, it will not be in the interests of the future generations or their best interests. He was speaking on the Lifeline program over the weekend. If we continue to lose and degrade the, you know, the resources that we're blessed with, um, eventually, it, it wouldn't be this, um, you know, the, the kind of benefits that we enjoy today. Most likely, the next generation and the generations to come will not have that to, to enjoy. So the point with regards to enforcement of, of um, legislation, the lack of enforcement of legislation is, is well taken. I think in some cases where... The, 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 the regulations probably need to be updated as well. But if we're not enforcing the little that we have, you know, it, it, it shows our problem that even if they, we have more. Dr. Lloyd added that both citizens and policymakers in Dominica need to adopt a different attitude towards environmental issues. The whole, I think, the, the, the mindset need to, need, to, need to change, both from the standpoint of, of policymakers and for us as, as, um, as citizens. Somehow, we, we don't make the connection with things. We drink a glass of water you know, from the tap, and we don't make the connection with the watershed. We don't make the connection with the forest. We don't make connection with the connection with the soil. But directly, the health, of the watershed, the health of the land is related to our health, human health, okay? And um, if we're seeking to continue to have people living a hundred years and whatever and so on in Dominica. That was Dr. Dave Lloyd of the Whitey Kubuli Advocate for Viable Environment, WAVE. Sheridan Gregoire, host of the Global View on Q, claims that if we were to truly explore using the integrated approach to development planning, we have a lot of untapped human resources, both inside and outside of Dominica, that should be utilized. He makes the case that an idea should not be pursued in a vacuum and that you need to have a clear sense of the big picture as at what you have in store for the country. You cannot just have an idea and it's in an isolated way you're going to implement it's not going to work in other words you have to have a vision of where you want to take the country what is the what is the main step of this thing is it about people are you going to look at singapore for example this is the thing about the development of their human resources because we have a lot of human resources in dominica and outside of dominica that we're not using it's in every sector we can see it now if we were to really make use of that forget about political colors and so on Bring everybody together and make use of the real capacity that we have to look at that integrated development planning approach. Gregor maintains that it is clear that the concept of the knowledge economy could generate enormous wealth for a large number of Dominican people. He contends that the, the budget should be viewed as a planning tool for implementation, with activities being overseen by those qualified to carry out the plans rather than as a one-year thing. You know, Bernard Eto is talking about the knowledge economy. We can see where so many people can develop a lot of wealth from that. Let us incorporate that into our thing so that the budget is not a budget for this year. A budget is something that contributes to an overall more long-term development plan with a program of activities and an implementation plan which is going to be implemented by human beings that have the capacity to implement those programs. Otherwise, you're not going to succeed. If you're in the private sector and you, 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 you're competing, 
If you don't have the people who can take the right decision and get the job done, you don't get the productivity, you don't get the results. That's the point we're making. Gregoire added that there are emerging ideas while we discuss solutions. It's just that those with the vision to see them and paying attention and opting not to act on them, whether or not it is to their personal profit. He emphasizes that it is important to implement ideas with a vision in order to help the country advance, rather than to retain them under separate developments. We can see the solutions already presenting themselves, you know. It's just that those who have the vision to see them must see them and make a determination to do them regardless of whether or not it's of personal interest to them. When Edward Le Oliver Libla left office, he said he had $161 something like in his bank account. Edward Oliver Libla was not considered about, concerned about amassing wealth for himself. He was concerned about making sure the farmers were okay. And then the farmers were able to buy their own transport and build their own homes and so on. That is what, that's what you do. That was Sheridan Gregoire, Mr. G, host of Q95's Global View on Q. The Dominica Freedom Party's political leader, Bernard Ito, observes that many of the ideas that they have discussed have identified the underlying causes of this economy's poor performance. Some of these include the fact that the government is ineffective and as a result the nation is not developing. The reasons have made it clear that there are a few modifications we need to do. Clearly, this government has proven itself completely incapable or disinterested in developing this country. As we said earlier, the incentive structure is not about truly developing a country. Incentive structure is to become as wealthy as possible by somehow manipulating the CBI funds. Therefore, you cannot have a management team who is actually not truly interested in the business that they're in, but in fact, engaged in some other nefarious activities to earn income and do the business of the company on the side, because that's what they do. Right now, this government is doing the business of the country on the side, but the major focus on intellectual energy goes into mechanisms, schemes, possibilities to exploit CBI for the, well, for the enrichment of a he emphasizes that the solution is that we require a government made up of individuals committed to the idea of growing this nation and one that has its faith in its citizens. He asserts that this administration does not support Dominica, but their actions belie this claim. This government does not truly believe in the, the people of Dominica. If you look at everything that this government does, it brings in foreigners, it brings in others, it brings in other expertise. They may say the right things about I believe in Dominica, I want to develop Dominicans. But if you really look at it, this government fundamentally doesn't believe in Dominicans. It does not believe that the real wealth of the country is the Dominican people and the Dominican nine. It is not truly invested hundreds of millions of dollars into developing the Dominican minds because it's only human beings with the imagination and the creativity that can create value. Ito emphasizes that the goal is about building a functioning e economy that generates value. However, this government is uninterested in doing so and has instead focused solely on generating rent riches. Dominica's response, he continues, is to figure out how to add value. You must know, now ask yourselves, how do we generate a value to enhance ourselves and the country using our imagination and knowledge? When you have a resource that you simply do not employ people's imagination, creative and innovation to create value, you use that to oppress the people. You use that to get some level of 
development that keeps the people satisfied, but is not engaging fully the imagination, the creativity, knowledge of the people to create an economy. So Dominica's solution has to be, how do I create value? We need to ask that to ourselves. Right now, we're not creating value. Very few of us in Dominica at the environment is not enabled to allow us to use our imagination, innovation, and knowledge to create value. That was Dominica Freedom Party's political leader, Bernard Ito. Chairman of the Canefield Urban Council and contractor Ian Williams has assured future homeowners at Canefield East that contractors on the project are committed to ensuring on being on schedule within budget and providing quality housing. Speaking at a site visit last week, Williams stated that MMCE will deliver on the promises made but urges government homeowners recipients to show appreciation. We, we, we have had a little challenge that we have overcome. Um, we are strong, we are committed to this project, and we will deliver by all means necessary. From the council's point of view, um, I would like to say a special thank you to the power rep, Honorable Reuben Blackmore, who have worked hard and diligently for this project on the council's behalf, on the public, the Kinfield com community, I would like to say a special thank you to, to you and on a wider scale to government. I know it's not easy. Um, we, we, we have had instances where persons come and say, oh, this and this and that. But like, like I told somebody just yesterday, I had to spend my money to build my home. So if you are getting something from government, you should show the appreciation. That was chairman of the Canefield Urban Council and contractor Ian Williams. Domlex Generation Manager Dave Stamp says the company has made a policy decision regarding its vehicles. The company has already purchased an electrical, electric vehicle as testament of its direction. Stamp says Domlex is going to start transitioning its fleet to, if not fully electric, to hybrid. The word came at a recent green energy field trip filled media day. And as part of the renewable and transitions process. What we've also done, we've done extensive testing because there were some considerations and doubts about Annika being very heatly and all of that and said more suitable for flat islands and that kind of stuff. So we have been running that for years and we have no issue. So we know it will work. We have made a policy decision now that going forward and as far as the, the technology and the vehicles are available, we're going to start transitioning our fleet to, if not fully electric, but at least hybrid. So we're looking at the, the various manufacturers. Now, not every manufacturer are up to that level right now, where they have pickups and all these things in, in electric and so on. So it's not there yet. And those who do are still in the experimental stage and costly and all kind of stuff. So, but it is our intention, as soon as it is feasible, to start transitioning with, with respect to our fleet to renewable energy or hybrid or electric, if possible. So that is the way to go in the future, right? And also to maybe work with the powers that be to help set up the various facilities, charges. We have two charging stations in Damlet, and we would welcome the opportunity to work with the various authorities to set up charging stations. And there are more electric vehicles in the island. I've seen them. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. I think Damlet will, will embrace it. And it is in keeping with our renewable energy transitions. 
Meanwhile, Chief Operations Officer at Domlek, Ian Ramratton, says authorities on the island have engaged a consultant with regards to bringing in electric vehicles to the island in a bigger way. I think in terms of timelines, um, this is really conceptual at this stage, but they were talking about the end of 2023 to secure the funding and so forth for, for that project. What that project will entail is having um, electric charging stations at the, at the, at the stadium, Windsor Park Stadium and other, at other various locations throughout the island. And again, the plan and the thinking, the concept is that, you know, this company, based on the funding that they receive, will perhaps donate vehicles to, to Domlek and certain authorities on the island as well, right? Uh, Domlek will, of course, ensure that we have the requisite charging stations for those vehicles. So again, still in its embryonic stages in terms of a design, but at least the discussions have been taking place. Chief Operations Officer at Domlek, Ian Ramratton. Why doesn't the average person refrain from pursuing illegal prospects out of fear of being arrested? According to NJAM member Lennon Matthew, this is predicated on risk and reward. Things like the drug trade will continue as the odds of being caught get thinner in a society that encourages more corruption rather than fixing the legal system. I think it's risk reward. Um, you know, the, the, the chances of you getting caught become slimmer and slimmer when your society is corrupt. <laughs> when the courts are not doing their work, when, when the police officers are themselves corrupt, when, when, when politicians are, are mingling with known criminals and criminals can, some people can get away without, without the, 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 the system, the structures working. So there is risk reward. It's like doing business. I, I will take a chance in an investment, but there's a chance that I'm going to fail. But you know what? I'm going to take that chance anyway because I might make it. You understand what I'm saying? Just like we buy the lottery ticket. We buy the lottery ticket because it's $270 million. Holy crap. I don't buy lottery, but yep. guess what? On my way, I'm going to buy a ticket because there's a chance. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's, that's what makes us human. He asked if you had to choose between making $3,000 as a teacher and dealing drugs, what would you do? Matthew goes on to emphasize the idea that some people might enter the drug trade as a side business, reinforcing that since society has not altered to boost the opportunity for wealth, there is a bigger re reward than risk. If you were given the option of, I can make $3,000 as a teacher or $3,000 dealing drugs, guess what? We would do $3,000 as a teacher. Easy. But when there is that pressure on you and, and, and you're like, well, I know teachers who have been working for 17 years, they're not appointed. They can't build their own homes. And some people may get into the drug trade because they're like, you know what, I'm going to do it for a little bit because I need a start. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the reward, the risk reward, the chances of you getting caught is not that high. So they may get in there, you know, just to get, you know, the start. And they get sucked in, they get hooked. And it continues because the society, the legal system has not changed to increase their wealth potential. So they get back into the situation because they have to live up to that standard. That was NJA member Lennon Matthew. In other news, some parents in Manchester, central Jamaica, say they are having challenges with school fees and the increased cost of textbooks. The parents spoke at a back-to-school fair at the Gulf View in Hotel in Mandeville on Saturday. Some also caution schools not to drop their guard against COVID-19 when students return to school next week. The biggest issue is the school fee. The school fee is very expensive. 
and uh, I find it's a big challenges, but I fight it and, and make my way through. I get some textbooks from the school, but I have to buy some also, and they are very, very expensive. Uh, up to now, I don't finish buy all my textbooks them, but uh, by school to hope and by God's willing, I think I will buy them. The main challenges that I found, especially for this year, it's the books. The expense of the books, especially the hardcover books, the writing books, not the textbooks, as we already know that the textbooks are expensive, but the writing books, normally they are a little bit cheaper. You could get a book for $90, now it's like $310 for one book. Still in other news, the UK's biggest warship, HMS Prince of Wales, has been moved to a better location for inspection after experiencing an emerging mechanical issue off the south coast. The three billion carrier broke down soon after setting sail on what has been billed a landmark mission to the United States. A three billion pound warship, the pride of the Royal Navy. But for most of today, HMS Prince of Wales was stranded off the south coast. This was the vessel's celebratory departure on Saturday, delayed by a day due to a technical issue. It was then supposed to spend three months travelling to New York, Canada and the Caribbean, conducting training exercises with the Navy's Western Atlantic counterparts. This uh, deployment to the Western Atlantic is designed to reinforce our relationship with the United States. Uh, they're going to embark F-35 uh, aircraft from both the United States and the UK. So we're also going to start practicing using drones, especially in Ukraine, and the ability to use drones uh, from uh, the aircraft carrier and at sea more generally is part of the next stage of fifth generation warfare in which the Royal Navy is currently engaged. And we need the ship as a trials platform to make sure they work and we can use them uh, operationally. Shortly after its departure, the vessel stopped. There are reports that there's damage to the ship's starboard propeller shaft. But all the Ministry of Defence said was that the vessel had faced an emerging mechanical issue. We're about five miles off the coast and there she is. A 65,000 tonne warship. The HMS Prince of Wales is one of the Navy's most prized vessels and now in need of repair. It's always embarrassing when one of your major fleet units uh, breaks down. Um, I don't think uh, we know the extent of what has happened yet. As I think we've seen, it may be a major or a minor fault. Um, we don't like our warships uh, coming out of the front line, if you like, to be rectified. Several smaller boats appear to be involved in the vessel's return to a different anchorage, where the Navy says further inspections can take place. That was the prime evening news, but first here's a recap of the headlines. Opposition leader Lennox Linton says in order to experience a more prosperous and desirable society, we need to reject misleadership, bad governance and business as usual. Parents in Manchester, Central Jamaica are facing high school fees and increased costs of textbooks and caution schools not to drop their guard against COVID-19 when students return to school next week. And UK's biggest warship, HMS Prince of Wales, moved to a better location for inspection after the three billion pound carrier experienced an emerging mechanical issue off the south coast.
The news was brought to you, Compliments Digicel, and I have been your presenter, Jeet George. As it happens, when it happens, wherever it happens, local, regional, and global, only on Q95, the big station, Q95DA.com.